Thank you so much for tuning in to the What's Good Dough podcast. I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you share it. If you want to get in touch with me, follow us on Instagram at What's Good Dough. And remember to always ask, What's Good Dough? What's happening? What's good, though? It's your boy, Easy, with the What's Good, Doe podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in today to episode number five, which is going to be the last episode of the season. Thank you very much for listening through. If this is the first time you are tuning in, thank you so very much. You chose a fine episode to listen to. Chef Lars is such a great person to talk to. I did want to go ahead and, and apologize in advance for some technical audio issues that we were having in the first five minutes. While it's not terrible, it's definitely not the best, uh, but we do fix it later uh, after the five minute mark or so. Thank you so much for taking the call today. I know you are a busy guy with your pop-in restaurant and, you know, your pizza competition life. You know, I've been lucky to have a lot of mentors and, and people that have helped me out along the way, so it only makes sense to give back, right? We're only as good as, uh, as we give back. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, when you say mentors... We get into this business and it kind of turns into like a family because you spend more time in the restaurants than you do at home for the most part, particularly like coming up in the business, but... Uh, I worked for Pizza My Heart for years and years and years, and I was really lucky to have some great mentors there um, that I still keep in touch with, and, and other people like uh, John Arena and Tony Gimignani are, are there's just really wonderful people that have always been able to give me advice and free information, recipes, things like that. So it's important to me to be able to, to give back and, and spread, spread the, the good word. From my short time in the pizza industry, I've only been in here for about a year and a half to two, um, but the people that I have met are very giving. I ate at a pizza restaurant downtown uh, that just opened up fairly fairly recently, and the head chef, amazing guy, talked to me uh, while he was you know busy making pizzas, and he even offered to share his starter with me. He's like, yeah, just come by and pick some up. And I'm like, yo, you are so cool, and uh, I'm never going to forget that. Pizza and the culinary restaurant world and all that is like, the attitudes and the way people treat each other and all of that is is like drastically changed over the last ten to fifteen years, like kind of for for the better. That's... It's not it's not cutthroat like it used to be. I'm sure there are places, but like in general, it's hey, let's all learn from each other and, and share things. And I think it's also part of it is as uh, you know the American culinary scene coming into its own, and we don't feel like we have to have these strict hierarchy systems like you see in Western Europe and other places that we can kind of like have enough confidence to blaze our own path and how to do things. I see. So you think it's a it's originating here from the U.S. kind of culture, and it's is it? Do you think it's expanding forward in in uh, in the rest of the world? No, I don't know. Um, I'd like to know more. Yeah, uh, I've traveled a little bit, but definitely like with the way that you see, you know, everything was structured like Western European kitchens and French kitchens, particularly in fine dining. And while there's still some of that, you see places like State Bird Provisions and Rich Table and other people kind of blending styles and doing things completely differently. That's cool, man. Um, I, it seems like you're very knowledgeable about the restaurant industry, but let's let's go back towards more of your roots. You mentioned you worked at Pizza My Heart. Um, how long were you doing that? Oh, man, forever. Um, 
that's the that's the origin story. I've I've always been, and I, I say it wherever I can, but I grew up in both my grandma's kitchens. So my, my mom went to catering company. Like I, my dad was a bartender when we were younger. Uh, it's in my blood. I've always wanted to do restaurant work um, and you know be a chef or cook for a living. Uh, but after high school, school public school, high school was really not my thing. I didn't want to go to college, so I needed to get a job. And I had a bunch of friends that worked at the Pizza My Heart in Palo Alto that was fairly new at the time. It was about six months old, and I got a job there. Uh, and I stayed there off and on for 13 years. 13 years. What year did you start at Pizza My Heart? August 2002 is my pizza anniversary, so we're going on 18 years. And I'm only 35, so we're getting to, you know, I've done pizza longer than I've done anything else. I, I got a job because I didn't want to go to school. And I knew I wanted to be in the restaurant business, but the pizza, like, I didn't get a job at a pizza place because I thought that pizza is what I wanted to do. I was like, cool, my friends work here. It is the restaurant business. Now I got to figure out how to get money to go to culinary school. Really was the deal. Mm. Um, and I fell in love with, and I did a little restaurant work in high school, but uh, I just kind of fell in love with like the tribe, the people, like being in the restaurant business, the adrenaline. Like, and I don't know if you've been to Pizza Mahar in downtown Palo Alto. They're open till midnight on weeknights and 2 a.m. to 3 a.m. on the weekends. So like at 18 years old, it was a really fun place to be. Um, and I just kind of got hooked on it. But I still didn't think I wanted to do pizza. I wanted to do fine dining or I wanted to go in and do a gastro pub or I even thought about trying to do Caribbean food and go out in the Caribbean. Um, and I left for a while and kind of worked on the weekends, finished college. And out of college, I'm interviewing, interviewing, interviewing at fine dining restaurants, other places. For it took like six interviews of just being like, this sucks. I don't actually want to work here. Why do I keep going to these interviews? Um, and that was in 2008. And uh, besides a couple excursions, I have been in the pizza business since uh, full time, uh, managing, cooking, training chefs, doing corporate management uh, since then straight. And now we're on our second restaurant. Wow. Uh, yeah, we, 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 I took most of the time was, was doing pizza, but uh, I finally in 2008, like in brands, like this is what I want to do. I don't want to do anything else. And um, I think part of it was a little chip on my shoulder too, like, oh, it's just pizza or it's just, you know, I want to do something more. And then I realized like, what does that even mean? <laughs> you know? It's funny that you mentioned that because I think the culture now is shifting towards just just do it really makes you happy. Mm-hmm. You know, find that one thing and, and try to make something out of it. Like, you know, obviously you need some people's living standards are inflated, but some people they can think of a really just um, comfortable life while doing what they love and being really passionate about it and just finding that joy in it. And, and I'm so glad that, you know, you take something like pizza and you remove the the bel- the belittling out of it and just and just pursue it and and see where it's gotten you so far. It's it's amazing. Yeah, it's it's really amazing. And I think it was kind of just like I've been lucky in being in the Bay Area and times in my life, and I've got to see like the foodie revolution though that happened in the '70s. But like we see a huge resurgence of like caring where food comes about comes from and quality of things in the mid 2000s. But also like in the Bay Area, we've seen a shift from like really fine dining and french oriented restaurants and other things which i love to like there's so many restaurants in the bay area now and food trucks that do one thing or like two things really well and so like we've seen this this shift in like what what can be really awesome food or really awesome restaurant yeah i i I definitely see that too would you say that your focus on local um came out of palo alto being there with you know very progressive people um looking for like the best nutrition for their souls or would you say that's something that you learned from you know family like cooking with your grandma i think it's 
both. I think that, so I am a, I've got to figure this out. Third, third generation California. My kids are fourth generation. Like this is home. My grandma was born in San Francisco. My family's been here forever. So like, I do feel like, a t- like the Bay Area is my home. I love the Bay Area. Um, and we cooked and like, just naturally, like my, you know, there was apricot trees at my grandma's house in Los Altos. Los Altos used to be all apricot orchards. Mm-hmm. My grandma in Palo Alto had a bunch of fruit trees and other stuff. And we go up to Webb Ranch on Alpine and go, you know, you pick berries. And like, it was just kind of like, I didn't realize it until I became an adult and started reading more, reading Michael Pollan and things like that. And, and understanding why I felt that way. But growing up, like we did eat fresh food and my uncle's a strawberry farmer. So I knew where food came from. Um, and I was really lucky in that sense. And so that kind of helped inform my ideas about food as an adult. Yeah, that's, that's actually really awesome. Uh, California apricots. If you, if you haven't tried them, they're delicious. Um, but you get like for, two for months a listeners. year. There's, there's, <laughs> yeah. no, like, there's, there's no, I mean, and that's, that's the life cycle of a tree. And I think we should all be more aware of where food comes from, how, and when, like most stuff you can't get all year long, but apricots are particularly, you get them for like two or three months a year and that's it. It's, it's, but the dried apricots are good too. But uh, Right, right, right. I wish we could get more apricots. Oh man. Um, do you, have you, do you, or have you made pizza with apricots yet? Oh yeah. I do every year. Um, Cause it is Los Altos, like heritage, they have a heritage apricot orchard um, mm-hmm. at the city hall and they do, they last two years, they've done an apricot STEM festival. Don't, don't ask me how science, technology, engineering, and math apricots go together but it's a way to get people out there and doing stuff um, but they have a food competition um there and we i have made an apricot pizza and won the savory category there the last two years um and then we usually run it as a little bit of special um i might compete in las vegas with an apricot pizza this year if i can get them yeah so that's uh i do does the apricot season line up with international pizza expo that's what I'm hoping this year. I'm waiting to hear back from my rep. Um, uh-huh. But yes, ish. It's late. International Pizza Expo is late this year. If I can get apricots, it's looking like I'll probably do an apricot pizza. Cool. Um, but you got to be flexible. You got to be flexible. I don't like getting right. in like this. Uh, you know, I, I know what I'm going to cook, but like I, I like to have options just in case. So like I'd rather do the best produce or the best stuff available opposed to so-so stuff just because I planned it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, if apricots don't work out, you gotta you gotta use the best ingredients otherwise, right? Yeah. You know, speaking of competitions, how did you get into that? Through Pizza My Heart, one of my best friends and mentors, her name's Leah Skirto. I'm gonna give her a little plug because she is opening a place called Pizza Leah in Windsor, California, uh, this spring, and she's one of my dearest friends in the entire world. Um, they she competes she's competed for years and years and years all over the place through pizza my heart pizza my heart is really big into competition which a lot of people don't know um but it's just great advertising and marketing particularly on the scale that they are um but her and a guy named tim silva who still works at pizza my heart as part owner there they always competed and tim won one year which was like the most incredible thing to see when you win you have to take two years off so i just and I'd been bugging them forever. Like, let me compete. Put me in like a random category. And they're like, we're not going to put you in a random category because we don't make that at Pizza My Heart. Like, that doesn't make sense. I was like, dude, just do it. I want to compete. He won. And after he won, like, like not even the next year, like after he won in Vegas, we're all like getting ready to party. And he goes, hey, you're in next year. Um, so I got to compete for two years at Pizza My Heart. And I got the bug in, 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 at, at Las Vegas. And my first year, I made the finals. Wow. Um, and I was in completely over my head and I didn't do that well. But 
um, having done that got me got me hooked. Right. Which so is funny. You... I'm not a competitive person at all. Like, at oh, all. okay. But it brought it brought out the spirit in you. Well, I'm competitive with myself. I'm one of those, and I think you'll meet a lot of people that are that are chefs or, or cooks or whatever that just get so in their own head about things mm-hmm. that it's just all consuming and really and and they're they're hard on themselves and really just like overthink everything and like that's kind of my personality. So it's cool to push myself as far as I can go. Yeah, for sure. I mean, with that said, were you competing every year then, just trying to outdo yourself year after year, or so I did for two years. Mm-hmm. I competed for two years, and then Tim was allowed to compete again. So he competed because it was that was his thing forever. Um, so I didn't do it for gosh, like three or four years. And there's some changes in the structure of Pizza My Heart. We didn't go to Vegas for a year or two. Um, and when I left Pizza My Heart uh, to open a restaurant with a friend, non non pizza, one of the few non pizza related things I've done in my life, we opened a restaurant in downtown Palo Alto. Um, kind of, kind of, it's still there, but it was sort of a pop-up idea. It's a short-term thing um, as a stepping stone for me to open my own place. Uh, the second year we were open, we knew we, we had just signed the lease at State of Mind. I knew I was going to leave. I knew we were going to open State of Mind within a year. So we went to Vegas before the restaurant opened and I won. So after three years off, uh, I, I, I went back in and, and won. Wow. Yeah. How was that? Like That um... was insane. <laughs> I bet. Tell me as much as you can about it, because I really um, want to. This is amazing. So the background is is that I knew I wanted to open my. This is kind of a long background, but uh, you just bear with me. It'll all make sense. Um, no worries. We left Pizza My Heart, my brother and I, to open a restaurant with a friend in Palo Alto who owned a brewing company, and he got a really short-term lease sort of deal that we could basically, for no money, open a little pub for his brewery, and I could do some food. And the one rule was no pizza. He didn't want to do pizza, so I had to like expand my culinary. Uh, skills uh like for real and um we were you know working our butts off it was just my brother and i there and he was a silent silent ish partner and uh we were there for a year and a half and we knew we wanted to open a state of mind but hadn't found a place yet so it was kind of a short-term bridge and like i said we signed a lease january 1st 20 uh 2017 um and having got a location we kind of looked at each other and said hey let's go to the pizza expo and compete and see what happens um, so I wasn't making pizza daily, but I started practicing, practicing, practicing cooking. Um, and we went when we were running this other restaurant, getting ready to build our restaurant, uh, and won the whole thing, which was like, well, not the whole thing. Sorry. We won the entire non-traditional category. Um, and it was just nuts, man. I had no expectations. You go there, there's 60 people in each category. It's blind tasting. People are making all kinds of crazy stuff. And it's really like, it really is a crapshoot. Like, People get offended when I say that you have to be lucky, but like you can make you, you, I I wasn't the only one that made my best pizza that day, if that makes sense, right? Right. You have to get the right judges and the right scores and the right time and the right flavor combination that those judges like. Right. Um, and and I wanted it was still to this day. Uh, my brother and our business partner, the three of us were there, uh, and it was like one of the most surreal moments of my life. Still, my wife was pregnant. I really wish she had been there, but she was pregnant with our daughter. Um, hmm. So she didn't get to make it. And Food Network was filming the whole time, too. So, like, really, this whole thing was just, like, the most one of the most surreal moments of my life and uh, something that I'll treasure forever. Oh, my goodness. That was, like, the opportunity for, like, the biggest plug in the world for you. Yeah, it didn't <laughs> doesn't make – I still, like, when I try, like, we will talk about it now and then. And, like, it doesn't make sense. I mean, we, I won. But, like, I'm still, like – I still at times, like, how did that happen? Like, <laughs> how, like 
like how how did i do that like what what like it was why it was wild and like we'd open this small restaurant and my brother and i were working six to seven days a week for the previous year and a half like we were putting in like 70 80 hours a week for like no money trying to get this thing going and trying to figure out how to open the restaurant we actually wanted to open we got to vegas and not only were we excited about cooking pizza but like we were excited to not be working for two days so like we went a little wild there and then uh still still pulled off a win it was just it was it was nuts that's amazing what a winning combination that's yeah so cool. it's still like I, we, I guess we still we still think about it and go how the hell did that happen you know I mean? <laughs> so so you were make you were practicing your pizza like day to day kind of perfecting that recipe perfecting yeah, the i didn't, and I didn't temperature. have access to a real pizza oven at that point either oh wow so when did you start incorporating like practicing on the ovens they had over there we, I didn't though. I mean, I'd already, you know, whatever at that point, I already cooked pizza for 13 years. I see. Uh, I knew how to do it, but like I mm-hmm. was kind of cook, cooking in a home oven. Um, my friend Leah, who I was talking about earlier, right before the competition, got me into a pizza in my heart to practice four or five pies. But in some ways, like I, I, I was, I was, I think I alluded to earlier is that working at a different restaurant with a different menu with no pizza really forced me to think outside the box, the pizza mm-hmm. box. Um, and really hone hone my skills of doing other things, and I think I'm a better cook and did things that I you know that that I uh, I wouldn't have done otherwise had I not had had an experience where I didn't make pizza. Um, and I think it informed how I make pizza because I love pizza. My heart is really wonderful, but it is fast food pizza, and they do high volume and they have their own things, but it's not a lot of like cooking from scratch there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that I really value and at home. And so I, I get in a break and get to do my own thing, not just jumping from pizza, my heart to my pizza restaurant. Yeah. Cause I really, I got to, I got to learn to make things in a professional setting from scratch. Yeah. That's, that's such a great transition. It's like that, that brief, you know, experience working with your friend at his, uh, at his, uh, brewery. Well, Is it a brewery? He owns uh, a brewery, but it was a tap room because we oh, had a tap room. Yeah. We right. didn't brew there. We poured all his beer and we had mm-hmm. my kind of pub food and ideas that I had, but like literally it was state of mind is only good because we opened that place and like that place was wonderful and we had so much fun, but mm-hmm. we got to experiment and make mistakes with no ramifications. That <laughs> like Respect. It, was a po- it was a pop-up sort of, it's still open now, but we knew we weren't going to be there very long. There, there, It should be closing soon because we're going to redevelop the building. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got to make all the mistakes, not on my brand name. <laughs> no, you know, like, there was nothing like flagrant or whatever but you know like of course just get to do whatever you know we, we I, I always treat food with respect and we do that but we got to like really like push the push the limits of what we could do what 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 worked what customers didn't like and we didn't have to do it like fledgling on the brand that we knew we wanted to do forever that's uh that's such a great tip for aspiring restaurateurs um is is your brother's name andrew yep that's my brother oh okay perfect so is he uh is he cooking in the restaurant too yeah, he's kitchen phobic. Okay. <laughs> he, he can. He's really, really, he can work a fryer really, really good. Uh-huh. Um, I've taught him how to work the ovens. Um, but uh-huh. no, he, he doesn't love, he doesn't love working in the kitchen. Got it. Okay. So as, as partners though, um, would you say that working with your brother has been, has it been a journey learning to work together in that type of setting? For sure. So I took him. Um, he's been in the restaurant business like I have since he even younger because I worked a couple of retail jobs. He's pretty much been in the restaurant business completely since he was like 15 or 16 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had done he had been 
offered management positions and all that, but he had never managed before, before we opened our own restaurant with our, with the brewery. So he got to learn on the fly. Cool. Okay. Um, but it's been a wonderful journey to watch him grow. But um, for everybody who says don't get into business with family, or I don't know what kind of families they have, but like <laughs> the, best part, the best part about being in business with family is that your family at the end of the day, right? Like no matter what you argue about, no matter what goes wrong, no matter what happens, like they're your family. Right. At least, I mean, that's how I was raised. Like my family's my family. You don't, I can... you know, you don't, those lines don't get crossed. You could scream, yell, you could get whatever. And we fight sometimes, but like at the end of the day, it's, we're brothers. It's not, that's not going to change. That's not going to go away. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. I, I can see my brother and I working on some projects together. My wife and I work on projects together. And so absolutely, uh, I can I can somewhat relate to your, you know, your experience. You do, there are arguments. And at the end of the day, you know, you love your family if, if that's how you were raised. And um, you just hope that, you know, you guys can, everyone can work together and propel the mission forward, right? Yeah, and you, I mean... Yeah, I mean, and they always have your back. I mean, I've, there's never been, even when things have, you know, got rough before or whatever, like, there's never been any question about whether my brother has my back or not. Right, absolutely. Um, and I should give a shout out that my wife works with us there, too, and my dad works with us there, and an old co-worker from uh, Pizza My Heart as a partner with us, too, and she's kind of like our our adopted sister. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. Family affair. It's a there's... full, yeah. My kids are in there all the time. It is, it is, it's a full family affair, which is cool. Like, like I said, some people don't get it, but or, or, or it doesn't work for them. But for us, like the best part is, is that it's family and it's family first and it's taking care of each other. And uh-huh. the, the arguments or the disagreements or the, you know, when things get tense, like there's 24 hours later, everything's good, you know, because it's family yeah. and you can't, you got to take care of each other. Well, I, what I love about family businesses is that there is like some legacy that will help kind of, you know, keep the, keep the establishment going for a while. Mm-hmm. Right. And so hopefully you can continue to pass those on. I don't know what your uh, plan is in terms of, you know, is it the sky's the limit? Do you want to do your thing here and do it as best as possible? Um, but, you know, either way, with family and with uh, people that you can trust and work with, you have those options to grow or, or, or keep it as, as small as you want. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, when it came to starting the restaurant itself, I know you guys did a Kickstarter. Yeah. Can you elaborate a little bit more about that? What were the feels? What were, you know, why, why Kickstarter? Things like that. Um, I don't remember exactly why, though. My brother's always, like, uh, he likes Kickstarter. He gets all kinds of, my brother gets all kinds of weird stuff on Kickstarter and he always has. He has all kinds of weird gadgets and like fish tanks that are self-sustaining and like he, he I don't know when he looks on Kickstarter because I've never seen him look on Kickstarter, but he does. Um, and then we did a, we backed a Kickstarter project for two of our favorite rappers, Grouch and Eli with the Living Legends. I don't know if anybody knows them, but <laughs> they're pretty much the greatest rap group of all time. I haven't uh, heard music from them in a while, but yeah. yeah that's, what we, that's, what we, that's what we grew up on here. And we used to like sneak out and go to shows at Stanford and all that. Like that's our, <laughs> cool. So they put out, a, they, they did a Kickstarter album of, I don't know, six years ago, seven years ago. And like for 250 bucks, we got to go to like a private listening party, meet them, get the album, get three t-shirts. It was like the coolest thing ever. And like, there's no way they made a bunch of money on it or anything like that. It was like, that was marketing for them. And so when we were talking about opening the restaurant, we were talking about how could we use something like crowdfunding, crowdsourcing, not only to generate some revenue, 
but also how do we use it as marketing? Like we can, from the beginning, get 300 shirts, 200 hats, pint glasses in people's hands as branded material um, and get people excited about us being there and feel like they're part of it. And so that was kind of the goal behind it, uh, more so than the money. Like overall, I don't know how much money we actually made all, all, all said and done. I've, my wife probably knows she's better with numbers than I am. Um, <laughs> but it was more of a marketing excitement and getting people to feel like our restaurant is their restaurant because we really the community and neighborhood vibe means a lot to us. So that was really the the impetus behind it. Wow. Would you say that a majority of your supporters were all local? Yes and no. Um, the people that weren't local, we knew. If that makes sense, like there was people, there's people in Europe that I know um, that really just wanted to support us and, and, and couldn't be here or couldn't, you know, could, and so they, they did some things. Um, but there was a lot of people in the community and local people in Los Altos that we've never, that we, we don't know. I mean, there's, we have a supporter wall. I don't know if you saw that when we were in there in the arcade. Is that for a certain price, we have a thank you Kickstarter thing that our, that our sign guy did that has everybody's names that were supported at a certain level. There's like five or six people on that thing that I don't even know who they are to this day. Oh, wow. You know, so there, yeah, so there was definitely some people that just wanted us to be in in Los Altos. So it was really, it was, it was a good mix. That's awesome. Yeah. Speaking about uh, arcade games, what uh, what was it about arcade games that you were like, we have, you and Andrew were like, we have to have this at the restaurant? We're 80s and 90s babies. Like we were, <laughs> I, was, I was born in 84. My brother was born in 86. Like we we grew up in like the era of the bomb arcade and video games. Like we, uh, we, you know, we played outside a lot, but like we played a lot of video games and we biked to the arcade and, and Mountain View and other places. Um, and growing up in this area, there were a lot of pizza burger kind of spots that had small arcades in it. And Andrew and I have like the fondest memories of getting a burger or a pizza. My dad giving us quarters and we'd play, he'd drink beer, hang out with his friends. And it was like, some of the fondest uh, the memories as, as kids. So Andrew and I thought that it would be a cool thing to bring it back. And, you know, retro is kind of a cliche word, but like, you know, bring that vibe back that the kids nowadays there's, there's less of, and, you know, there, there's plenty of video games still, but not like the arcade stand right. up. Like you got to play with somebody else. kind of. <laughs> yeah. You brought me like the way you described it, you know, you, your dad drinking a beer and yeah. just handing you some, handing you some quarters just yeah. reminded me of my childhood. I'm a nineties baby. Um, you know, and we, we definitely had our fair share of arcade games and stuff like that. Um, and I, and it think, was social, right? Like it was, a, absolutely. It was a thing like, and like, not that I w would say anything about what's happening now, but like now, a lot of video games are like a headphone in your head, you know, have your headphones right. on in your, in your living room or like kids walking around with their iPhones glued to their faces. Like I love video games and I'm not knocking any of those video games, but like growing up, we'd go to the arcade with a hundred other people and it's loud and you know, that, that kind of thing. And I, we wanted to bring that back. Seriously. That's no, that's awesome. And if, for those of you who haven't checked out the restaurant yet, um, essentially, you know, when you walk in, you're going to see a pretty large space you know it, it goes to the left with more tables you have like an open kitchen and on the right uh past the beer section there are a bunch of pinballs uh pinball machines and yeah when i was there there was actually a couple of families i would say like three or four families and most of them look local and they uh -huh. just took their kids to have pizza and and play the games and it was a real fun sight yeah so, it's, it's crazy how much like i love seeing the kids young kids right well, most of them probably haven't seen those titles because we all have like mostly 90s games in there like we really went around and bought 
all the arcade games that my brother and I played growing up. Like we were very specific about what's in there. Uh-huh. Um, and it's just fun to watch the kids play that and like press buttons and like <laughs> have to put, have to put quarters into a machine, and, like watch them when they can't figure it out. It's like so much fun to, to show them this stuff. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, well, since I described the layout of the, uh, of the, of the restaurant a little bit, let's talk a little bit more about the, the beer fridge and oh, yeah. your offerings. Um, so sorry, before you get to the beer fridge, there's actually a place that you order in the center, which is kind of like the bar area. Um, but this, uh, state of mind public house is very big on their beers. Um, let's talk about it. Um, well, so we do, have, we have 30 beers on tap and a cask. Um, all of our beer, wine, soda, and juices are all from California. So we do take the local thing seriously. If it wasn't brewed or made in California, we don't serve it. Um, it's not like an elitist thing or whatever, but like, you know, with the focus, we can, we can choose and have to get more in, in the nitty gritty of where we get things from and who makes it, which is important to us. Um, but my brother and I grew up, uh, my parents were both school teachers when we were in school age. And so we used to go on road trips all the time as kids. And my dad has been into the craft beer scene since the beginning in the 80s. So he dragged my brother and around to all these brew pubs and breweries and, and all of that. So uh, we were certainly not underage drinking or anything like that. But we kind of grew up in the scene. And when we, when we did become of age, got into it too. So craft beer has always been something that's big in our family. Um, so we wanted an opportunity to showcase it. So we went big. That's awesome. And then you working with a with a, a tap room prior to State of Mind mm-hmm. um, kind of helped you. Did it help you with the contacts at all in, in getting vendors? Definitely. And then I also I did beer buying for Pizza My Heart in the last mm-hmm. four or five years I was there. I did. I was in charge of the beer for the company um, for all which they don't do a ton of beer. But like I got <laughs> good contacts through there. And then uh, my dad and I have home brewed for almost 20 years now. Oh, wow. Um, and so we you know have some contacts there and it's just been something that we've always done do we um are are there different uh licensing regulations when offering your homebrewed beer at your restaurant and if if not can can we see some of your homebrew at we, the restaurant no soon? we so no we either you can't serve homebrew okay. um we brew out my dad brews out front uh, a couple Sundays a month or one Sunday a month he does a homebrew out front and it's not liquor or it's not beer until you pitch the yeast so we're not technically creating any beer there he pitches the yeast off-site so we're just we're just uh brewing there and showing people how to brew um I won't say never we're we're just it's easier than ever to brew and it's easier than ever to get a license to brew um it's something that we're toying around with but I, I I don't know I don't know when Okay, we'll see what the future holds up for for brewing. Yeah. Um, there is one more thing that you all make uh, special, and I think it's your um, your hot sauce, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, is that some killer stuff right there? Oh, I love it. Um, <laughs> it's it's uh, just fresh pepper sauce. My my wife is from Mexico, and her family's you know Mexican, and they're wonderful cooks and wonderful uh, culture around around all the things they do, and that's kind of a a hot sauce that I that I that I've picked up over the years. It's a very like Mexican hot sauce that it's not fermented, it's not dried chilies. It's literally the essence of fresh peppers and a little bit of vinegar and salt, and that's it. And people love it. I, I love it. I'm just happy that other people love it because it's not it's not uh, it, besides being spicy, it's quite a bit different than what a lot of people are doing. It's it's really simple. Wow, the, the, aren't there two? 
There's there, right now. There's two. Um, one of them, the one that's the Four Horsemen. That I grew all those peppers myself, so that's like the extra special one. Hmm. Um, has four of the hottest peppers in the world, and I grew them all all myself here in sunny Palo Alto. <laughs> um, and the other one right now is called Paper Lantern. It was grown up in Chico, and it's a really cool pepper called Paper Lantern. That's a habanero pepper, but it's made to grow in uh, the northern hemisphere, which is really cool. That's awesome. We ordered birria tacos from a, a lady uh, who is cooking out of her home on Instagram. Yeah. Dennis Kitchen, shout out to her. She makes the most amazing tacos and the most amazing hot sauce. And so yeah. I've been dabbling with, you know, Mexican kind of hot peppers uh, myself. And it, it just, it elevates pizza so much. It, if you are really into spicy foods, Oh man, this is the stuff right here. <laughs> and I love hot sauce. We do the chili oil at the table. I tried not to do chili flakes, and I'll get mm -hmm. to that in a second. Though people just like lose it that we don't have like plain chili flakes, so we've we've relented on that. Right. Um, but on pizza, I mean, on food in general, like hot sauce, which is like suspended in you know pepper in a liquid or chili oil, is so much more digestible and enjoyable for me. Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to spread the spread the gospel on food, and particularly on pizza. Is it like it adds it adds so much when like just dried peppers is really right. just dried peppers that get stuck in your mouth and burn it. You kind of that's all you taste. You're right, because then it kind of just stays on your tongue or in your teeth. If you're not into spice, it's cool. Um, but it really does change the flavor profile of the pizza. And adding the oil too kind of moistens it a little bit as well. And it's so much more digestible. And we're all about digestibility. Dried peppers is not good for your stomach. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, it's not. It's it. it Yes, it can it, it can hurt and cause heartburn and stuff like that. And like, not that you can eat me. Don't don't go drink chili oil. That could probably cause heartburn too. But like, <laughs> it makes it's suspended and it's 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 more it's more digestible. And uh, I'm a pepperhead. I I mean, I grow I grow Carolina Reaper peppers. I love oh, love, wow. love hot peppers. But sounds good. I don't eat I don't I don't eat much dry peppers, and I don't cook or add peppers not in oil or saute them even dried peppers like I, I, I release the oils and the flavors i don't really love just dried peppers or just fresh peppers you're not recording yourself on youtube eating the peppers straight from the garden the, the carolina no, reapers i've no i did that once and it only took once to not do it again <laughs> yeah no, there's an aversive reaction and you're like nope I, my wife's I've like you need to go to the hospital and i was like i might and it eventually went <laughs> oh, away dear okay um, but I figure I grow me. them, right? Like I, you, you grow the stuff. You want to know what it tastes like, like. But that yeah. was only yeah, that was one time. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, um, any Carolina Reaper pizzas uh, coming up in the in the near future? Not the near future. I've always wanted to do like. I obviously I, I we like to have fun and with there's whimsy and there's you know we don't take ourselves too seriously but like I'd like to take food seriously and like the approach to feeding people is a really really sacred and serious thing to me and I've always like wanted to do like a blow your face off pizza or like a waiver pizza or whatever but, like, <laughs> a waiver pizza right <laughs> you know, like, it doesn't fit what we do and then like you know I have this whole like ethical dilemma then am I just like do I not care about the food anymore Mm -hmm. and I, so it's like this weird thing i'm not i don't take myself that seriously food's fun to be enjoyed mm -hmm. uh but at the same time like we try not to do gimmicky things right but that doesn't mean i grow the peppers myself that we wouldn't do it at some point it's also dangerous to have in the kitchen that's the other thing is we just try to be careful in the kitchen with it because once you get it on stuff mm -hmm. then the little, the, little, the little kid gets this cheese pizza that was cut with the same cutter yeah you know yeah i could see that 
You're absolutely right. Okay, so you'll think about it. Basically, well, we have uh, a go- we have a ghost pepper. We do dried ghost pepper in our buffalo sauce. We have a ghost pepper sauce with buffalo that people do get all the time to put on their pizza and dip in their pizza, mm-hmm. and it's it's pretty hot. I think it's pretty hot. Some people say this isn't hot at all, but I think they're just showing off for their friends. But <laughs> I, th- I think it's pretty hot. This isn't hot, and then they're wiping their sweat. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. So. I, I can see why you wouldn't want to do like a gimmicky thing. And I think it shows in your menu. Yeah. You all have some, I think they're well balanced, well thought out pizzas. Um, but, you know, as you were seeing earlier with the International Pizza Expo, in short, you know, you know, taste is subjective. Everyone's going to love a different thing. There are some things you can, you know, judge on. Um, but everyone's, everyone has a different taste flavor profile. Mm-hmm. Um, would What do you say are your three favorite pizzas? And do they kind of line up with the three most popular pizzas that are being ordered right now? They do not. They don't. No. <laughs> oh, well, I'm more interested in what you what yeah. you think are your top three. <laughs> uh, my top three or whatever the three. We have four that rotate seasonally. Those are always my top three. Um, I don't want to crush any hearts or dreams, but like I don't love meat on pizza. I don't really mm-hmm. pepperoni. Like I like the flavor of pepperoni. I love crispy pepperonis, but like I don't usually want pepperoni on my pizza or or bacon or whatever. I love bacon, but like I really, really like vegetarian pizzas with fresh produce on it. So those are always my favorite. Um, right now we have one with uh, broccolini and anduja, which is a soft, spreadable Calabrian style sausage. We have one with kohlrabi and celery root, duck prosciutto and cream that I really like. And we have one with uh, Swiss chard, panko breadcrumbs, cream, and nutmeg. Uh, those are my top three right now. They're the three seasonal ones. And two of them do have meat on it, but uh, it's, it's light. And I, I, I always, I mean, I'm into what's seasonal. So in a month or two, my three favorite pizzas will be different. I see. So what, what I'm guess, getting from here is that when you're cooking these seasonal pizzas, you're cooking for yourself. Huh? Mostly, yeah. No, for <laughs> sure. And things that make sense together and like, I love I I love all pizza and going to different places and all that, but like there's and I think it's customer driven that there's so many things that like more is more. Put things on it, but it doesn't matter if it goes together. Just throw it on there. For me, I, one is I don't want to compete with the big boys. I would never want somebody to compare us to Round Table or you know or Papa John's or Pizza in My Heart. Not to say that I don't like two of those three I just named. Um, that I don't want to, I don't want to compete. I want to forge my own path and I'm never going to win against the big boys or be the place that they choose if that's what you're looking for. Um, but if you want something that's been thoughtful and I can tell you where the ingredients came from and why they go together, um, I'm your guy. Well, I don't think anyone wants to compete with those big boys nowadays. I mean, it people seems do, like though it's crazy in this industry is that people do and they'll pay money for consultants and marketing experts and how do we take on the big guys and how do the independents get that market share? I mean, if you really, if you think the industry is going go, going that way or if you're just if you really think the money's there, then go for it. I mean, I can see how like places that I love. Have you do you eat Indian pizza at all? Oh, no, I need to go. Let's go. Take me. Okay, let's go. I'll take you to the original spot, right? What, what's so, the original one? So Curry Pizza House okay. started off as Bombay Pizza in um, in Union City, Fremont, the okay. very border, right? Um, that place, and I don't know if you'll like it, but I don't know if this was part of the uh, – <laughs> you named a couple of restaurants earlier, like the big, the big boys, yeah. Yeah. and I think – my guess is that they their dough 
is based off of a round table uh, dough recipe. That restaurant, Bombay Pizza House, started off as a round table franchise and then later scraped round table and started Indian pizza, Bombay pizza. And that became the, uh, the starter for curry pizza house. Okay. Yeah. And so I think curry pizza house, uh, when I first had Bombay really great. Um, I tried their other location, curry pizza house in, uh, Cupertino still good, but I can, I see them expanding super fast. And when you're talking about consultants, I could definitely see them, you know, see that that could be something in the future, expanding pizza, either uh, Indian pizza all throughout California or maybe certain states. I don't know if it would be popular. Yeah, I've heard it's a big deal. Like my, I have a mutual, a friend of a friend who does uh, Parktown Pizza. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, in Milpitas. Um, yeah, and he has one in, I think I have one like Morgan Hill now or whatever, but I know he does, he does other stuff too and a lot of beer, but I've heard he does Indian pizza and it's just killer. Yeah, but Indian I've, pizza's I've never, popping. I've, I know, I've never had it. Okay, well, if you I mean, if you want to check it out, let's go. I, I, I could definitely take you out for a meal. I appreciate this. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 pizza. I eat pizza. I eat pizza most of my days off. So I, I eat it every day. <laughs> I, if I'm not trying out dough recipes um, at home, I am either getting it to go because I am running short on a lunch break, or I tell my friends, "Let's go eat pizza." Because I, if anything, it, it's one of those foods that most people love and it's great to share and great to be social with absolutely um, yeah and for me I'm, I'm trying to stay on a budget so if i pay 50 dollars, and i always like to pay for the pizza because yeah. um but then if, if you're feeding five people for you know a couple large pizzas at 50 bucks you just spent 10 dollars a person and you know See, i think you can do math <laughs> more people need to know how to do math they have no problem for a 10 dollar, 12 dollar hamburger Oh my but goodness. for a $20 or $25 pizza that actually feeds three people, that math is better. But people are like, this is too expensive. You're like, but it feeds two to three people. Oh, my goodness. You, are... <laughs> you just think, yeah, I like it when people get it. Yeah, no, it's it's seriously like the best food ever. Yeah. Uh, um, what do you... Uh, are, you, are we allowed to talk about uh, your restaurant's future? I know you, yeah, much, you were super busy. Okay, cool. Let's. What What do you have going on? Um, I hear there's a new location um, being t- idea tossed around. Yeah, we've been. We've always had the plan to expand. So because I named everybody involved, there's a lot of us. That it's expensive to live around here. So <laughs> one <laughs> restaurant. You know, we can't. We can't all live off one restaurant. Um, so it's really important to us that we all make a good living doing this. Um, and so we've always wanted to expand the brand and we thought, and that's when and I say that I mean, using like, we're an independent restaurant, but like, we would like to think of ourselves, you know, we were thinking not just, we opened a family restaurant that we've created a brand, we've created a concept. Um, and it's something that we want to see what we can do with. So, uh, we've been looking actively for about almost a year now, cause the restaurant's been going more like two years old. The restaurant Los Altos has been such a hit. We knew that we had something and it was going to work out. So we've been trying to figure out how to expand. Um, and we all agreed that we would like to try to open a slice shop somewhere and do slice takeout. I, you know, I just Good. said, I don't want to compete with the big boys, but we're looking at opening a slice shop and we do salads and pizza slices and pizzas to go, um, for a couple of reasons. One is because there's not a great slice culture in the Bay area or California Out, outside of New York. There's not a great, there's a lot of bad pizza in New York. Let's just make that clear. There's a lot of horrible pizza in New York city. Um, but there's also like, they have a slice culture and there's some really like some of the best pizza in New York comes from slice shops. Um, 
so I wanted to, we wanted to do something like that and um, a place that we can cater out of and do other things because right now we want people want to do catering and private parties and big deliveries and we're just mad, like that restaurant is so busy that we just can't do those things um, so we've been looking for a while and I won't say too many details but we are hopefully uh, within a week of signing a lease on a small little place in Palo Alto on El Camino to open a slice shop hopefully it goes through that's excellent. I mean, I love, love, love slice shops. You yeah. know, um, going back to the math, that's probably one of the more expensive options in California. Um, but it's so worth it when, you know, you are just not, you're not dedicated to one slice of pizza. You want to try yeah. out, you know, the lot. Yeah. Um, a slice of New York. Have you been there before? A long time ago, I was gonna say no, but I have been there, and people love it. Um, yeah, not you I personally. Should, should, no, 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 no. I just don't. I worked at Pizza in My Heart so long. It's like, why would I go to another place to get a slice in the same area? You know, like I just never. <laughs> but a good friend, my uh, old sales rep that sold to me, who just went back into the pizza business, he's good friends with the owner there, and I only hear good things. Or I guess it's a co-op now, but the guy who was the owner and who runs it. Kirk, uh, only yeah, yeah I, and so my friend Jeff knows Kirk really well, and I only hear good things about it. Kirk's a great guy. He's he's also one of those giving people. Um, I, I was gonna say the other pop in slice spot that I've only ever been to is Tony Spot. Um, next to I can't is it Tony Slice House? Is that what it's, it's yeah, called? Yeah, it's the Slice House next to the Napolitan next to the yeah. restaurant. Yeah, they have so, good, good slices. Yeah, no, seriously. So I, I think that, you know, because I can only name a couple, there there's definitely a need. Um, if you, yeah, I think I, w- I want to wish you the best of luck because we definitely need some of that, some more of that in the in the area and someone doing it well too. You yeah, know, and and it, we, we, we're going to do it our way and I, knock on wood, hopefully, hopefully it all works out. But like, it's going to be our version of a slice shop like it's still we're still gonna we're hopefully gonna have craft beer not a lot but we're hopefully gonna have craft beer we're still gonna do our different flavor combinations and the quality of the dough and the timing and like so it's not gonna be the cheapest slice shop but we're gonna uh you know do whole you know good salads and make them there every day and that and that kind of stuff so hopefully hopefully it catches on yeah i, I mean that's that's right up your alley you're yeah. you know you're you're taking something like as pete like pizza my heart has a great offering, I think, for what it is, right? It's uh-huh. uh, for for fast food pizza. It, I love it. I love Pizza My Heart. I love that they do salads. It it caters to um, a lot of people doing lunch and late night eats. And if um, if your spot is anything like it, but more representative of a state of mind, yeah. um, public house, I I think you all are are gonna kill it over there. Thank you. That well, I was super inspired when we were in New York. When was I in New York? In October. And like some of the slice shops that I went to, two or three of my favorite ones, it was just like, it was wild what they were doing. It was not like the quintessential New York slice. They were doing really cool stuff. So that, that kind of double inspired me. What are your New York slice shops? Uh, Lay Industry, and I'm probably saying it wrong. Uh, Massimo over there is like just incredible um, slices. And like, it's just, it's, it's New York slices. The guy's Italian, and it, but it's very Italian influenced. And you know, big old airy crust and burrata and anduja on slices in New York, in Williamsburg. Uh, really, 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 really cool space. And he uses incredible products. Uh, it was cool. It was my favorite slice. And then I'm sitting around and talking to him. 
uh, met him and realized we had a couple of mutual friends and he uses the same flour and the same tomatoes that I do. And so that was like a really cool uh, satisfaction. I was like, okay, so my favorite slice here uses the same ingredients that I use. I'm, 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 <laughs> Go I like, yeah, no, right. Like it was, it was, it was kind of cool. You're like, okay, so I'm, I'm still right to be using these products. Um, so yeah, lay industry is, is unbelievable. Uh, scars in lower East side, I think is where scars is. Um, is really incredible. He uses the same tomatoes we do, um, but also mills fresh flour in his basement, which is a trip. Um, and How big is your a, basement for that? Right? I don't know. <laughs> I think he has a small mill, but like, and then you go back and he has a little bar area that's super like 70s out with like a, a Coca-Cola letter board and like this weird like vinyl bar thing. It's, it's a super <laughs> cool spot. And I actually, when I went to Lay Industry, Scar was sitting there charging his phone. And so I got to sit there with like the, I want who I think are two of the best pizza makers in New York and got to sit and have lunch with them. Um, and then my buddy, buddy uh, Nino Coniglio, his Williamsburg pizza spots are pretty, are pretty cool. And he's doing some super traditional stuff and then some, some off the wall stuff there. Yeah. And he's, he's a pizza champion. He is a, a, a really, really incredible pizza maker. Awesome. Well, it seems like you have a great relationship with, some of these guys that you've you know did you just go to new york and meet up with them try their restaurants and whatnot yeah i did uh i've known nino and i know nino's fiance she's out from california we we made friends and i know them from vegas and just being around the industry so long so um yeah it was it's it's cool that it's a kind of a small industry and that you get you know i, I guess i'm blessed to have won a couple competitions and been in a couple magazines that people know my name definitely opened some <laughs> doors because i am not I'm not Mr. I'm not the most social person when I'm outside of outside of the restaurant. So that, that definitely helps out. But that's cool. No, I, I think it's great when you get to go to, you know, your friend's restaurant and, you know, they might they might see you and they might like ask you to try a new pizza for them. Like, what do you think of, of this recipe? Has that ever happened to you? All the time. It's so much. It's that's it's so cool. uh, it's so much fun. And then like my friend Leah, who I was talking about, who's opening his place up in Windsor, she's been down taste test or uh recipe testing at my restaurant a couple times because she's getting the same oven that i have which is a, a rarer oven um, <laughs> so that's been that's fun. cool that I, that I, I didn't even know people like were like yo let me check out your oven oh that's that's one of a kind let me try it out i that's actually that's pretty interesting to me we have a high heat electric oven from italy um and we're not the only one tony gimignani has a bunch and other people do <laughs> but it's kind of a uh, it will be the standard at some point, uh, electric ovens will be, but it is still a little bit of a novelty in the pizza industry, though. I think the, some of the people that are making the best pizza outside of a wood fired oven, are, it's all coming out of electric ovens these days. Would, are you saying like electric oven, but, uh, like dome style that gets to that? No, no, no. Same so I like, oh, no, I saying different. So sorry. Besides wood fired ovens. I think oh, okay. Got it. I think, yeah. It, outside of wood fired ovens i think I see. Ga gas ovens for sustainability and environmental reasons but mm -hmm. also for technology reasons are going to be outdated pretty pretty quickly they've uh they started the pizza revolution they started the slice shops they started all of that they would be the gas deck ovens but they haven't really there's been no big improvements to them and the electric ovens that are coming out are just insane i see interesting okay well that's that's awesome that's that's a great tip for me to start looking at like you know um yeah. checking out people's ovens uh, i think that's super interesting yeah, you always gotta help check, me learn you gotta check out their ovens <laughs> i i feel like i do but i don't have um deep enough knowledge to like know it by brand name and type but I, yeah. i'm gonna start looking at that for sure you should. 
It's fun because yeah. we had quite a few at Pizza Mahara, so I can tell you, like, oh, the Blodgetts do this and the Montagues are this. And when you cook on a Baker's Pride, you got to watch this. You know, they all do a little different. Oh, like, they, like driving a car. Yeah, they all got, oh, I like that analogy. Like, they yeah. all got their quirks, but they yeah. all do something specifically well. Yeah, for sure. Huh. I, I love that. I love that. I love that. All right. We are getting uh, close to wrapping up real quick quickly but before i do that i noticed you did talk this is just a random question i noticed oh, yeah. you did talk about traveling um do you like to travel at all you know i did not until recently i am a home i am a homebody the bay area is my home uh get in a car and drive somewhere i'm in i love mm-hmm. ro- i love road trips airplanes and hotels uh-huh. are not my favorite things in the world uh-huh. um but we i've been doing a ton of traveling in the last couple of years and it's it's really really cool that being and it's a lot of it's work related and then we just extend it but i know my wife's really appreciative of it um it's the the pizza industry and that kind of stuff is is getting me more interested in traveling and it's if it's a work i'm like okay i gotta do this and then i'm like oh well let's go do something else fun so Mm -hmm. i've been i've been trying to do more more traveling that's awesome that's awesome um all right another random question i know you have kids but do you do pets at all yeah, I have a. I've I've always been a dog person. I had three dogs at one point. We're down. We're down to one. But I got a a Jack Russell Terrier who's a who's a total screwball. <laughs> Likes to mess around with you. Oh my god! <laughs> don't don't get a Jack Russell Terrier, everybody. I love him. I love I love him to death. But he's just like just nonsense. He's he's mellowed out some, but he's just wild. <laughs> Cool. Good to know. And then last one, do you have any hobbies outside of pizza? And let's say outside of cooking too. Uh, yes, I do. I've always been a car guy. I'm into hot rods and V8s and fast cars. So I've always been, I've always been into American muscle cars. Mm, that explains the car bit earlier. I see. What's yeah. your favorite? Do you, if you have one, it's hard. I know it's hard to pick sometimes. Um, my dream car right now is I want to get like a mid sixties Nova wagon and totally redo Ooh, it. A uh, Nova wagon too. Okay. Yeah, I have a '67 Dodge D100 pickup with a on airbags lowrider mm. that I don't ever drive that I should with a huge motor in it. Uh, <laughs> that I built in, in I, Los Altos. I, yeah, that I, that, yeah, it's fun. It's so much fun to drive around here because like. It's Tesla, 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 and then like right. I'm driving around, and people are looking at me like I killed their cat or something. And I'm like, <laughs> you know what? I could drive. You know how many miles I'd have to drive this thing to like create as much waste as creating those lithium batteries do? So, right, or right. or that they're charging on a not green electrical grid. It's like, yeah, I do. I mean, I I I ride my I ride a bicycle as much as I can, and I I am a, I am a environmentalist. But like this whole like somehow me driving my classic car. A thousand miles a year is what's polluting the environment. <laughs> a thousand and, miles. And, yeah, and yeah. they eat, and they eat red meat for every meal, and I'm like, come on, guys. <laughs> Excuse me. You gotta you gotta hilarious. figure this out, you know. <laughs> that is so so funny, and you have valid points. Keep on driving your muscle cars. We the kids need to see those. That's if not, love. the people of Los Altos. All right. Do you have any plugs that you want to put in? Um, just anything you want to shout out, uh, anything we want to look forward in the future aside from the restaurant, floor is yours. Oh man, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> Take your time. Well, no, we'll come, come visit, come hang out. We're we're in like sleepy little Los Altos, and uh, don't try to come on a weekend or a weekend night if you want if you want a quiet dinner um, or lunch. Um, 
but no, I just use my time to say, everybody be nice to each other, be kind, talk to your neighbor. You know, I, 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 one restaurant or one meal at a time, I'm trying to get people back to connecting to each other and enjoying meals together and a beer together and maybe meet somebody you don't know, say hi to a stranger, say hi to a guy who looks like they're down and out. That's kind of what, what we're all about at State of Mind and, and, and a life philosophy of mine. That's beautiful. That and I think that that truly describes what's happening over there at State of Mind. Everyone is so friendly. The pizza is really amazing, hands down, and a great culture. Chef Lars, you're amazing. Let's go. Let's go try Indian pizza sometime so, whenever we'll you're free. To, we'll have to do it. All right, man. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. All right, man. You have a good rest of your evening. Uh, hit me up if you ever need anything. Um, for sure. We, we out. Thanks. Yeah, come visit. Bye. Bye. And that's a wrap on another episode of the What's Good Dope podcast. Thank you very much for your time and for listening. If you want to leave us some feedback, you can follow us at What's Good Dough, D-O-U-G-H, on Instagram. You can message us there, leave a comment on the pictures. You could refer us to your friends and family who want to learn more about pizza. Thank you very much for your time, and remember to always ask, What's Good Dough? Thank you so much for tuning in to the What's Good Dough podcast. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you share it. If you want to get in touch with me, follow us on Instagram at What's Good Dough. And remember to always ask, What's Good Dough?